Hello, 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 hello. How are you, Ben and Claire? We are back. I am feeling funky. Do you know why I'm feeling funky? (laughs) I have simply no idea. It's because I love our wonderful theme tune. You do now, do you? I do. I've been tapping my foot and bobbing my head to it all the way. Uh, Excellent, excellent. Um, If you too, listener, like our uh, funky theme tune, it is called Carter Wants a Drink. It is uh, part of the um, Consequences of Courage project and is available to listen without us talking all over it. Download it. No, it's not available to download yet. Don't download it. (laughs) It's available to listen. Listen to it. Open a bottle of vodka. (laughs) Invite some of your friends around and just get funky. bob along. Along with uh, other Bulldog uh, theme tunes um, that are used in in our various programmes and other podcasts you can listen to as well. Previous episodes of this programme and other episodes of other programmes. Stop what you're doing and do all of that instead. Excellent, excellent. Well done, Ben. Thank you No, we want them to keep listening. Well, finish listening to this first (laughs) and then do all those other things. Get a pen and pencil. (laughs) Write that list down. Go back. Right. What was this? This is about 10 seconds on, so you need to rewind 10 seconds, listen to that, write it down. When you finish listening to this podcast, go and do those things. Claire, what are we talking about today? So, God. <laughs> so, as we all know, as you can tell from listening to us, the British are just a little bit weird. Weird, mad, unusual. Um, handsome. These are just some of the adjectives people use from other places in the world to describe us. So, today we're going to be talking about some of the um, quirky ways that Britain, like Brit- the British, sorry, like to celebrate festivals. Quirky, I love that word. Quirky, yes. But we have a lot of quirky customs, and that's what we're going to be talking about, right? Quirky customs and festivals all across Britain. Merrick, I believe you're going to kick off. It's uh, great that you use the uh, the phrase kick off there, Ben, because, yes, I'm going to introduce you to uh, something known as a shin-kicking competition. What is that? It is a competition where you kick people's shins. What is a shin? <laughs> the shin is the part of your lower leg where, I think, I believe, it's where the bone is the least protected in the human body. Is the is close the closest the to the skin? Yeah, the front of your lower leg, uh, and if you are uh, obviously if you play football, you wear shin pads to protect mm-hmm. that part of the leg. And if you've ever been uh, kicked in the shin, you know how ludicrously painful it can be. So uh, this is apparently a popular game in an area of England in the southwest called the Cotswolds, and it is part of their um, Olympic. Please note, uh, O-L-I-M-P-I-C-K, Olympic Games, established early in the, wait for it, 17th century. On the spring bank holiday, which I believe is May Day, is that right? May the 1st? Yeah, that's right. Um, In Chipping Camden, in the Cotswolds, contestants gather, wear white coats and face each other, holding onto the collar of their opponent and then repeatedly kick each other in the shins. Madness. It is rather, yes. How do, how do you win this ridiculous game? Uh, by uh, resisting the urge to concede uh, to pain, I believe. Um, it obviously requires agility. You have to maintain holding on to the other person's collar. So there's no, you can't back away. You're there. You're there within shin-kicking reach. And if you uh, can't can't keep, keep up with or, or 
or sustain that level of pain. You simply cry. The rather bizarre word, sufficient. Uh, you, you, uh-huh. you yell sufficient or yelp sufficient and that informs those watching and your uh, kicky uh, that you have uh, conceded defeat. And you say this is part of the Olympic Games. Is there any kind of uh, way that you can practice for this bizarre form of the Olympics? Uh, well, it's, it's a fair question. Um, I, I imagine sort of pain tolerance and... Um, and the ability to keep your balance are probably uh, fairly important parts of the training regimen. But uh, legend would have it that people used to uh, prepare themselves by um, hitting their shins with hammers. My God. Yes, it, it, that sounds uh, obscenely painful. And also, uh, some uh, some delightful cheating would take place where people would put steel caps into their boots or their shoes, um, delivering a heftier whack to their victim where they were playing. Ouch. Jinx. <laughs> Touch wood. Exactly. <laughs> I will now uh, demonstrate on air by kicking Claire on the shin. You're not going to reach me from there. <laughs> she's too, no, she's too quick. She got away. Uh, I, ladies and gentlemen at home, I possibly uh, must point out that I can't endorse Ben's um, uh, approval of domestic violence there. Um, Bulldog in no way endorses his behaviour and he'll be uh, soundly punished by a good, hefty kicking to the shin later. Uh, Claire, would you like to tell us about something from We Up North? Yep, so I'm going further north. Quite a Ecky-thump. lot further, further north. north. Is it further north than that? A lot further north. Icky thump, don't we say that. I've got to do the vocabulary <laughs> for this. Way, way up to the Shetland Islands. Now that is north. Yeah, it's almost closer to Norway than it is to Scotland. Precisely. So I'm going to talk about a festival which is called Uphelia. Okay. Uphelia, and um, this is a festival which originated in the ni- um, sorry 1880s, not 1980s, and it's celebrated uh, on the last Tuesday in January of every year. Okay. Yep. And what does that celebration in, in, include? So Shin this, kicking? No, this is um, rather less violent. Oh. Um, it's It basically consists of um, 800 men, men, not women, because it's a, it's a Viking festival. Ah. And, 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 and famously, the Vikings had no women. Well, I think women were not allowed to participate in this type of um, event. Yeah. Um, so basically, 800 men who are dressed in full Viking attire. Clobber. Clobber. That's another vocabulary uh, solution. What is Viking clobber? Now, I'm just going to add something here because most people, when they they buy like a Viking costume, they buy those helmets with the horns on. Now, as we educated people know... The Viking helmets didn't have horns. They didn't have horns on them at all. It's a modern misconception. It is also unclear as to whether Vikings, as a rule, wore helmets. Um, No, because they were warriors. Their their kings certainly had uh, decorative helmets uh, and face masks which were worn uh, on their journey into the afterlife which is I think where the misnomer has come from Skipping back to this very interesting festival you're telling us about you said it's called Upheliar what, do, what does that mean? Do you know what that means? Any idea? No? <laughs> I thought it was Scottish you're a Scottish person Yeah but I don't speak Gaelic Oh okay 
Is it is it Gaelic? Is it Gaelic or is it some sort of uh, Nordic or Viking tongue infused inflection? Ben, stop putting the poor girl off her stride. Well, no, because she's not allowed to attend. She's a woman. Oh, that's true. Okay, so you're just observing from a distance. We merely a asked very her. Far distance, yeah, we yeah. merely asked her to to cover uh, festivals up north. We didn't ask her to attend them. Maybe we haven't got the budget. We haven't got the budget to send Claire to Shetland. Well, here we are, right? So we've got this this big group of men dressed like Vikings, and what what exactly do they do next? Okay, so they're they're led by a a man, obviously called Geyser Jarl. He's the head of the festival, and he leads these men marching through the streets of Lerwick, which is the capital of Shetlands, mm-hmm. um, and they carry blazing torches. So every man in the in the festival has a blazing torch. They march through the town, through the main streets, uh, towards the city centre, mm-hmm. where there's is, is a... Is Lerwick a city? Does it have a cathedral? Well, town centre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a bit Spanish where town doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, and they they get to the centre where there's a, a longboat, a Viking-style longboat, to which they set fire. Okay, so... So basically what you're saying is uh, in the Shetland Islands once a year in the middle of the coldest part of the year at the end of January the men all put on Viking costumes march with pieces of burning wood and then burn a wooden boat. Yes. We'll put some links to some videos uh, on YouTube. It is an impressive because sight. It is, yeah, it sounds a little bit duller than uh, the kicking of shins, but uh, it is yeah, it's very beautiful. Much more beautiful though. They because, spend. Um, there's oh. no light at that time of year because obviously yeah. in January in the even in Glasgow, which is significantly further south, it's mm. dark by four o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you imagine in the Shetland Islands, there's very very little light. And so I've, it's got to be some sight seeing these 800 people marching with torches. I believe in um, the pitch black. The local community take it quite seriously as well, don't they? Spend all year preparing, preparing for the festival, it. and the costumes are very elaborate. And the, the imagine boat. building the longboat as well would take a well, year. And, yeah, and then they, and then they burn it. So and start what all is over the again. point? You may ask. Um, in answer to Ben's earlier question about what up Heliar means, um, it, it it is believed that uh, in the dictionary or in the etymological dictionary of Scottish language, eighteen eighteen, up is used in the sense of something being at an end, and uh, derives from an old Norse word upi or uppy, where heli refers to a holy day or festival. So you could literally say that up heliar means uh, get like up, final. Yeah, get up, yeah, it's finished. Yeah, it's the final holy day of the, the well, not that it's the be- at the beginning of the year, but I, I, I guess it's related to the season or something like that. Precisely, precisely. It, 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 obviously, lots of uh, midwinter festivals tend to have a, a reference to fire and and rebirth and renewal. At, the, at the, the longest and darkest point of the year, um, there are the old pre-Christian festivals of uh, to the god Beltane, which mm. involves setting fire to things and, and dancing around drinking um, alcoholic liquid, which is much like what happens on a Saturday in Glasgow, really. Exactly. Um, but with uh, Buckfast. Well, uh, Ben, would you like to take us further south? Yes, we're going down south uh, to Gloucester, to I think what is probably one of the, out of all of the festivals that we're going to speak about, I think this is the most internationally recognised. You get people coming from Australia, Japan, Well, when you say uh, that, just, just uh, very quickly, is, am I under the, Im- the impression that up Helia, um, if you are a tourist, if you're not a local, you're not allowed to participate? You're not allowed to, It's only is local right? people. As far yeah. as I'm aware, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So even if we sent Claire to the Shetland Islands, she wouldn't be able to. Uh, you can spectate. You can spectate. Exactly. Okay. I want to carry a torch because I'm female. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, down south, we have a much more inclusive uh, yes. mentality. Uh, I mean, we're we're happier. It's where all the money is down south anyway. So we just got a more positive out. You you can't you can't capture on audio the way that Claire is looking at me right now. But it is. Um, it's it pretty is, much ooh. how I'm always looking at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disgust. It is a, a look of disdain. derisory <laughs> disgust and disdain. Um, if you want to keep on using some wonderful vocabulary, we're just creating more work for Ben oh after it. So that's yeah, great. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Right, let's um, keep it basic. <laughs> so I'm I'm taking us down to Gloucester, um, to Cooper's Hill, the cheese rolling festival. Well, it's not really a festival; it's an event. Um, most people, I think, have probably either seen a video of this or they've read about it somewhere. Basically, what happens is all of the local people gather at Cooper's Hill on again the Spring Bank holiday, uh, spring, the, sp- the spring, spring, the Spring Bank holiday, um, which is I think is very common around around the British Isles that we have festivals around this time because I think they're mostly related to pagan festivals. They, they do tend to uh, normally involve uh, dancing around a maypole or a mulberry bush. Yeah, well, um, I can tell you about the origins of this festival. Uh, they do have pagan origins, and it was it comes from the custom of uh, throwing objects down the hill, uh, which is something to do with um, fertility. It's to celebrate uh, or promote well, wasn't fertil- it, fertility. Wasn't, and again, a nice little uh, tying reference to Up Hellier, wasn't it about throwing burning brushwood down the hill to yeah, signify right. rebirth or renewal? Yeah. yeah so yeah, do yeah. we know how old this festival is? Or this tradition? Well, uh, as, a, as a pagan festival... Um, it goes back pre-calendar. To, yeah, pre-calendar. I, I mean, we can't even. <laughs> I think uh, you've uh, you've reached the uh, the limitations of Ben's knowledge on the subject very efficiently, Claire. Well done. Anyway, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this cheese rolling festival. All of, all of the local people go to the top of the hill. I say local. It started as a local festival, but in recent years, it has become more popular. In fact. Um, a 27-year-old American man and a 39-year-old Japanese man won uh, the first four, four races in 2013. Um, so not so long ago, we can see that it's attracting people from all over the world. Um, you go to the top of this hill, they throw a Gloucester cheese. It is often um, slightly misunderstood. It's called the cheese rolling, but this cheese is, uh, to use uh, some wonderful vernacular, lobbed. Yeah. With great force off the top of this the hill, che- the and, cheese, and off it goes. The cheese gets a one-second head start, which is enough um, time for it to gather a speed of up to 70 miles per hour. Or that is 112 kilometers an hour for those of you who don't Thank you very English. much yes. for your mathematical mind. Did you see like <laughs> the matrix then, the conversion rate? Russell Crowe's got nothing on me, yeah, I tell you. Yeah, he's like a computer American. <laughs> well, this, uh, this nine-pound double cheese is lobbed from the top of the hill, and it picks up uh, veritable speed of 70 miles per hour and the people then set off after it because the hill is so steep um, most people immediately fall flat on their face and continue to tumble and roll to the bottom where they are collected by St John's Ambulance and taken to hospital well the people of uh, Gloucester should count themselves lucky that they're allowed to uh, make it to hospital this is not the fate that befalls the Earl of Roan on the same Springbank holiday weekend in the village of Coombe Martin in North Devon. Would you like to know more? Yes, please. 
Um, this is a very surreal event. Um, it was once banned in 1837 due to, here's another one for Ben's beautiful vocabulary list, licentiousness and drunken behaviour. It's all that cider they have down in Devon. Um, the whole weekend, uh, 600 villagers, and they play a collection of characters, uh, including the hobby horse, uh, grenadiers, which are a, a type of soldier, and uh, the fool, along with normal villagers, uh, and they all set out to hunt the Earl of Rune. Right, what, they're, they're, they're hunting the, the Earl of Rune, who is a character also, and... Mm -hmm. What what happens when they find him? What do, what, what takes place it, it, next? Well, uh, because it has a narrative, this festival builds up to a crescendo on the final day when the Earl of Roan is found. Um, I don't quite know if the Earl of Roan has been found earlier. Um, uh, who gets to play the Earl of Roan? Uh, this is all lost to me because I am not from the deep southwest. Um, but uh, apparently, he is found on the final day, and then uh, this is um, this is almost like the Passion of the Christ. Get this. He is mounted back to front on a donkey, paraded through the village, where he is uh, repeatedly shot by the soldiers. I don't believe this is actual shooting. I think there's probably blank. Pretend, pretend, pretend shooting. Pretend yeah. shooting. Um, he is then, it gets weirder, he is then repeatedly revived by the fool, only to be shot again. He is uh, eventually taken to the beach where, guess what, he's shot. <laughs> and uh, this time he's not revived and thrown into the sea. Delightful. Is this and based on some sort of historical character? or? Yeah, who is this guy? This is uh, very insightful observations from you there, Claire. Um, it is believed that the Earl of Rhone is a reference to uh, Earl Hugh O'Neill. Earl of Tyrone, who was forced to flee from Ireland and shipwrecked in a local bay near Coombe Martin in 1607. He hid in the woods, surviving on ship's biscuits, but was eventually captured by a group of grenadiers and killed. It's like something out of Game of Thrones. Uh, it's Well, I was going to think um, Hunger Games, yeah. He, he, um, but um, this is obviously celebrated annually in this village. The killing of an Irishman, uh, yep. with lots of cider and uh, ribaldry. Who are? Who are? Um, took a bit of a, a dark turn that one. Does anyone want to cheer the mood up a little bit, without uh, getting into too much muddy water? Sure, why not? I'm going to take us. Well done, Merrick. Nice link. Um, I'm going to take us to another part of the UK. Um, this time we're going to Wales. 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 Look, your boy, you boy. <laughs> <laughs> That was a terrible Welsh accent. I'm sorry, Welsh I know, people. I know, I know. I'm sorry um, too. I'm not So, really. my tradition or festival is called bog snorkeling. Say what? What is a bog and what is snorkeling? So, a bog is a some sort of mixture between a stream and a swamp. Mm. Uh, really? A stream? I would have thought that a bog was pretty much standing stagnant water rather than running water. That's why it's a mixture between a bog and a swamp. It's waterlogged. <laughs> yeah, water a stream. Uh, do you want me to go back and reread you the... You're doing the transcript, Claire. <laughs> so, yeah, a mixture between a bog and a swamp. A uh, stream and a swamp. But it's not a, It's not running water, is it? It's stagnant, so, still water. This is what I mean yeah, by it's like a mixture because it's, they tend to be long, yeah. similar mm. to a stream. But like a swamp, they have stagnant water. Okay. So it's a mixture between a stream and a swamp. Okay. So it's mud and water. Mud and water. Perfectly clear. Clear, clear as mud. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, basically, people um, would be sn- would be snorkeling, which is which is um, snorkeling is a, a sport which people tend to do in the sea or in the mm-hmm, ocean, mm-hmm. which consists of swimming close to the surface of the the water mm-hmm. with a tube in your mouth, which is out of the water, so, so you that can you can breathe. breathe. Okay. Something that normally you associate with uh, holidays to the Caribbean. Yeah. Much more pleasant than this, um, yeah. this activity. Um, they also Not w- bogs. In snorkeling, you also wear flippers on your feet. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So that you can um, move more gracefully through the water. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, so basically, these people um, are snorkeling in this bog, which is horrible, cold, muddy water. And they, it's a race. They have to swim from one side of the one end of the bog to another. Mm-hmm. Um, the bog is sixty yards or fifty-five meters long, mm-hmm. and they have to do it from one side to the other and back again. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's a uh, hundred and twenty yards. Hundred twenty yards or one hundred ten meters. meters. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and this this is relatively new compared to our other festivals, isn't it? It started yeah. a little bit before I was born. In 1976, in Clanrutted, Wales. Um, I, I, I would apologise to Welsh people on behalf of Claire for that uh, attempted mangle pronunciation. I'm, not, I'm not sure either, I'm not sure. Um, Wales, which is in Wales. I think it's, I think it's pronounced... Clan. Clan. Just... <laughs> Um, just ex- just to explain to people who have no familiarity with Wales, double L in Welsh is pronounced somewhere like a C and an L or a K and an L. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Don't but go to Wales. Every time they speak to you, they spit in your face. It's horrible. <laughs> Good Look job. You. It's always raining. Look you. <laughs> Come on. Um, That's so very unfair to our Welsh cousins. I have Welsh cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. Yeah, me too. Anyway, They're probably too busy practicing in the bog. <laughs> so it started that this um, tradition started as a result, as many t- weird, crazy traditions, of an over-the-bar, probably drunken conversation. I love, I love these. I love these. These are great traditions. That, uh, crazy traditions that start over people being drunk. Oh, but right, yeah. I could in a bog, right? I reckon I could probably just could get like, there and back, get, yeah. swim across I, that. I could totally do it faster than you. Yeah. Totally, I, I would get I can, there. I can see how this yeah. came about. To the bog. But but my, uh, my, my the thing that really uh, tells me that I would never participate in this is the, the pivotal rule that you're not allowed to use conventional swimming strokes. So you're not allowed to use the, you're the top half of your body to, to stroke through the bog. You have to use only the power of your legs with Flipper the flippers. power. But that unfortunately means, through through the uh, the physics of movement, that the front half of your body begins to descend. So you are not going to be snorkeling through the bog with fresh, clean, be drinking Welsh bog air. water. You're going to be swallowing bog water. So I would suspect that many people fail to make the complete course. Probably, no probably rise like that, some sort probably. of monster from the bog, <laughs> going. Bleh! Few people go missing every year, I reckon. I would, I would, but yes, I, I, that's probably quite the, uh, the the possibility. I'm sure, I'm sure we will have some videos to link uh, in the comments below to watch people snorkeling mm-hmm. through a bog. But Ben, yes, you're going to tell us about something else that started well, out a drunken as- bet. Alcohol is the fluid that unites us all in Britain. Uh, it's how we socialise. It's how we come up with our brilliant ideas. How most of us get married. Um, exactly. Um, how, <laughs> how most, most of us are, are born. born. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
this this festival that I'm about to tell you about uh, came from exactly the same place. A drunken a drunken uh, evening, um, specifically on the way back from the pub in 1983. A some some people say local genius called Dave Kelland. Uh, and one of his friends had been imbibing ale in the Normandy Arms. And uh, on a miserable Sunday afternoon, walking home, Dave needed to relieve himself. Where is um, this? But where are we? We we are in Black Hortons. Uh, which is? In the south of England. Well, okay. Check out enough. the link below. Check out the link below. Um, so he was walking. He was walking home. He was full of beer. He needed to uh, relieve himself, and he did so on a local patch of grass on the green, as we say, uh, the local green. And he was surprised to find that where he relieved himself, uh, lots of worms started to rise to the surface. Now, this is a mental image which intrigues me. You are, shall we say, um, uh, seven sheets to the wind. Yep. And um, uh, rather uh, inebriated, you have staggered slightly from the path to um, urinate over a patch of grass. And suddenly, your fertile, observant mind spots worms emerging from the ground whence you have urinated. Yeah, and Dave... Dave was no fool. I mean, he he realised that he Sounds had. Sounds like he's a complete genius. He he yeah. real he realised he had a superpower, and uh, he wanted to share that with the world. So he came up with this festival, which is called Worm Charming. Um, basically, every year, everybody gets together. Local people get together. This is not so international. It's kind of like a local loony fest. Um, they get together and they they try and. Charm, charm worms. worms up out of the ground. I'll give you the details of the competition. This, these are the uh, the, the definition is um, you have. So the one first team. thing you need to say to people is is that there's, there's it's not it's not all the locals go out and and relieve themselves on grass. No, no, no. It's, no, no. it's moved on from its, it's origins. It's about it's about your ability to make the worms rise to the surface using whatever means you prefer. But except obviously, urination. yeah, except <laughs> urination, it, it's got to be publicly decent. Uh, because children are present. Um, each team has a one metre square plot and uh, they begin to worm up. Uh, this is doing whatever you can to make the worms come, come to the surface without digging. Uh, you're not allowed to interfere with the ground by like pulling them up out of the ground. Um, and every team has 15 minutes allocated to get the most amount of worms to the surface. Now, these are the rules of so, worm no, charming. You have, you have five minutes preparation time. You're worming up when you do your little worm dance. Yep. And then you have 15 minutes to uh, to, to tempt or mm -hmm. to charm the worms out of the yep. ground. The, 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 the rules are simple. Uh, each team has three members, a charmerer, a pickerer, and a counterer. Now, a charmerer... And they are, they are not mistakes in Ben's pronunciation. It's not because he's been drinking some, some local uh, fluids. It's uh, it's actually how they are pronounced. Yeah, As absolutely. if you are slightly drunk. It's it's part of the quirkiness a that we charmerer, mentioned. A charmerer, a pickerer, um, and a counterer. The charmerer is there to charm the worms. The pickerer is there to pick the worms. And the counterer is there to count the worms. Because obviously the charmerer and the pickerer <laughs> are too drunk to be able to count. Exactly. So you have five minutes of worming up. And then 15 minutes worm charming. Any team uh, or competitor caught cheating will be publicly humiliated and almost certainly disqualified. These are the official worm yes. charming rules. The uh, international judge's decision is final. 
and all worms must be returned unharmed to the ground after the competition. Uh, and what do the winners get? Um, respect and a pat on the back. A pint at the bar and the Maybe right to a urinate on the, on the village green. There's, yeah, there's probably some kind of worm-shaped trophy involved as well, I should imagine. That sounds slightly unfortunate, to be honest. Bag of watsits. Uh, bag of watsits, fair enough. Um, uh, so there you have it. Uh, we've um, dipped our little toe into the, um, the very, very deep pool of uh, bizarre and unusual celebrations and practices around the British Isles. We uh, almost certainly will return to this topic again because it is um, rather entertaining and as Claire and I have both enjoyed, it gives Ben lots of vocabulary to work on yeah. when he does the, uh, the vocabulary sheet. Please do use the vocabulary <laughs> because it's going to take a large part of my free time to produce. Jolly good. Uh, well, um, so there you go. Uh, thank you very much for listening and until next time, uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.